3: You're are listening, listening to, to the, the open, open up podcast.
4: podcast. <laughs> I got it. I got it. You are listening to the open up podcast. Okay, okay, okay. You are listening, listening
3: to the open up, up podcast. podcast. Hopefully you listened to the first of my extra two open up podcasts with Songhoi Blues, an amazing Malian band. And that they're a part of your streaming sites now. I'm not gonna reference a particular streaming site because they ain't paying me for this podcast. But if you've got that thing where you subscribe to music then make sure you listen to the Songhai blues albums uh, or maybe buy it go on songway blues check them out anyway i hope that was inspiring in some way uh, and maybe if it wasn't for you that you passed it on to someone that it was for that's the whole point of being passionate about putting out independent speech and podcast so Find something that you like and open up and let people know. Tweet about it. Use the hashtag. It's very important. Thank you. (laughs) Anyway, once again, I am blethering. Um, The Scottish phrase for chatting too much. An ex-radio producer of mine told me that I blethered a lot, which I don't know whether that did great for my confidence, seeing as it's meant to be my career. Talking of blethering and enjoying brilliant people, especially fantastic women. Two women that I invited onto the bus who were wielding cider uh, and looking excellently rock and roll dishevelled were Kathleen Moran and Sally Hughes, two writers who I know and have enjoyed the wisdom of for a while now. I managed to persuade them to go off the beaten track during their Glastonbury and come and hang out on the top of Dandelion, Dandelion the bus, who I mentioned in the last Open Up Extra with Song Hui. You know about Dandelion because the rest of the podcast series has been uh, about Dandelion's travels and what Team Open means all stems from the heart, my heart, AKA the actual original book that I wrote. Anyway, we were in Glastonbury on the bus in the green futures field, the area that is truly hippy and beautiful. And I invited them to come along and they did. They'd been there for a bit, so they were a bit croaky and kind of like, yeah, we're in the festival spirit. And some people came on board because we put out this chalkboard uh, the day before saying that Kathleen and Sally will be there and I'll be hosting a Q&A. You know how I like to chat to people and interview them. And it was warm enough to sit on the top of the, of the bus on the Astray turf and have a bit of a giggle, really. And I wanted to speak to them about being a woman, because Catelyn wrote a pretty successful book about that. And uh, and what that means in terms of the future of the beauty industry. Little did I know that I would end up with my own beauty column in the Observer magazine. That's weird, isn't it? Um, which I, I did for a year, very up until very, very recently, called FaceTime. I don't know if you checked it out, it's all online, but me being uh, any type of sort of soothsayer, a voice of authority on makeup was quite funny to me i didn't push for that particular role but i got asked to it and i thought it'd be fun as a challenge um but i i, I know that sally hughes is an expert uh, and writes about beauty with this real kind of nuanced approach she relates it to real life and that's why she's so popular and she knows her stuff boy does she know her stuff i have the pleasure of knowing her personally and we have a lot of mutual friends who who ask her advice all the time because <laughs> uh, she really is an encyclopedia of kind of skin and oh, all these noises technology is so bad for our mental health um anyway I wanted to chat to them see if they're having a good time at the festival and there were loads of like really cool young women that came and hung out with us as well and it was a really great bonding experience so I recorded it and here it is the extra open up Recorded in June 2017. I am so sorry it's taking so long to put it out there. Special thanks to Io, my mate in Margate, who's given me uh, a little bit of time to blether into his mic in his in his spare room. Anyway, here it is. If it's, it you know break it up if it's too long. Listen to some of it on your way to work and the rest on the way back from work. Make sure that you hashtag Team Open that you share it um, and that you get yourself down to Glastonbury because hopefully I'm gonna be there with Dandelion again. Come find us. Um, here it is. Sally Hughes and Catelyn Moran, who actually was a surprise, it was meant to be just Sally, in a festival field, hanging out with me and some cool peeps. Enjoy. Hashtag team open. So um, yeah, this is very much an experiment. This is the first time that I have been at Glastonbury doing this. And I thought it would be really nice to try and do Q and A's with people that I think have extraordinary brains and some of them said yeah, yes, no they <laughs> said yes, and brought plus ones, so thank you. So writer, extraordinary brain, feminist, you know, one of them superwomen types is here on the top deck of Dandelion at Glastonbury. Have you partied hard yet?
4: Yeah, uh, last night what did we dance for about three hours solid? Uh, non-stop and then I almost had a heart attack because I'm (laughs) middle-aged I suddenly remembered. (laughs) Um, But yeah we had a great night didn't we? Catelyn's here with her teenage daughter so that was really fun.
3: Catelyn Moran hi. Hello my (laughs) darling how are you all? I'm all right. Drinking the cider, trying to chat about the future. Does the two match?
5: Yeah, I mean, I, I, the only way I can get to the future is by drinking the entire rucksack of cider that I brought with me. I'm, I'm my own mobile bar, and this is absolutely how I'm moving through every hour. Basically, it's a can every hour. I just, I've just got a little alarm that goes off on my watch, and every hour on the hour I go, Mmm, cider, cider me, and then I drink a cider.
3: There's lots of bonding around Dandelion. Uh, it really is just like a sort of weird bus of activity and inspiration. Uh, have you seen anything that's that's been quite fun since you've been hanging out around Dandelion?
4: Well, I literally just found the most Catelyn Moran item ever downstairs. (laughs) So downstairs, we found a... Oh, she's nicked them. She's actually nicked them. Um, (laughs) We just found a massive pair of sunglasses with the double O in boom (laughs) is where your eyes go. And it's just... I, I just feel so right, I can't believe you don't already own these. I, I find it very difficult
5: to find sunglasses I genuinely find these would actually go with everything I wear and every social occasion. These are genuinely the most sensible, useful, go anywhere piece of clothing I've ever found in my life. I
4: mean, you don't need to wear makeup, You like it covers so much of your face. I'm, I'm already quite shocked that I've seen her without them in the past
3: so you guys are our actual mates there's no lie and it, it's really nice that you guys have turned up because even though it's like a little crew of us i think it's really special because that is what glastonbury's about like you probably pay like quite a bit of money to see either of these two talk or be like in a big auditorium you know like it's usually quite sort of proper isn't it but glastonbury just throws all caution to the wind and it is about real life real conversations and sometimes some of them change your life whether it's for an hour uh, or forever and i wanted to talk to you today sally about the beauty industry as it is your expertise and and the future of the beauty industry we're here in the green futures field and I feel like we need to kind of explore an alternative future together I am I'm here as a sort of novice and I'm trying to work out things as much as everybody else that was the whole process of writing my book it was utilizing different voices and coming to certain conclusions or giving the reader the idea Mm -hmm. to do so so where do you reckon the beauty industry is kind of at now and it's a big question
4: Well, you know, I'm in Glastonbury, so I obviously feel really, really optimistic about it because I'm just surrounded by young girls uh, just being completely free with their appearance. It's really inspiring. I've just seen so many girls walk past look completely different or face covered in glitter or some like crazy ass outfit on or whatever it is it just makes me so happy because I think we're used to seeing the same thing on social media all girls looking the same all boys looking the same and actually to be surrounded by so many young people just doing their own thing is the, it gives me hope completely gives me hope that sorry, people are sorry. just
5: be, gonna be, be honest what we've been doing we've been looking at girls who've got really big bums in really <laughs> tiny shorts and going that looks brilliant I've just been going I want to put my nose between her bum cheeks and go oh you look amazing we've just been loving big bums you know, because that is a political statement in a way like you know you're told that if you've got a bum that big you should not wear a pair of cut off shorts and every girl who's done it I want to go up to them and give them a medal and just go you embody everything brilliant
4: yeah we just saw this absolutely beautiful girl with a kind of big fleshy like gorgeous body in a Baywatch costume and our tongues were hanging out frankly weren't they
3: and what was this about the glitter boobs have you seen glitter boobs
4: (laughs) boobs I need a bra I need an underwire (laughs) I'll be buried in an underwire but there are girls walking around bare chested but jeweled. So they're wearing a kind of jeweled bra.
5: Presumably they're just waking up, kind of dipping their torsos in glue and then dipping it into a <laughs> vat of glitter
3: and boom, I'm done. Yep. That sounds so fun. In fact, that reminds me of the glitter pit, which I was inspired by at Bestival many years ago. I just heard some people, I went back to my campsite and heard some people having some really good fun, like hardcore giggles. So I was like, what's going on? This? I hope it's nothing illegal. Turned around and uh, it was a load of like friends, in swimwear actually, not naked, covering each other in baby oil. They had like a half inflated inflatable bed which they'd covered with loose glitter and were just sliding around it. <laughs> oh, I'd
5: have a go on that.
3: I'd have a go on them.
5: It feels, sounds very fruity I'm interested.
3: I do actually have a poem dedicated to short shorts in my book which is very short and simple and it, it, it's not me necessarily saying that you shouldn't wear them because I agree oh my god let, let everything shake and be but they can sometimes be quite uncomfortable You
4: just need to know that. I don't like any garment I have to pick out of my fanny. (laughs) Do you know what I mean? (laughs) But you know, when you're like... Yeah, "Yeah, well, I've got... Know the song "Hungry Eyes."
5: I, I've got I've got a hungry vag. It will eat any. I hungry vag. That's my theme tune. So also, I'm on constant cystitis alert. Kind of like others have, like heels. I have, an I vagina. So at any point, basically at all times, the bacteria are trying to migrate from my back hole to my front hole and cause rampant cystitis. So I can't I can't provide a handy fabric bridge from like from front to back. They need to be separated. There needs to be a Berlin wall around my perineum to keep my was safe, <laughs> so that's... Sorry, I've already lowered the tone, haven't I? I'm really sorry. It's allowed. Yeah.
3: loud! I think it is interesting that you, you mentioned that you're really enjoying the moment and seeing people uh, like embrace themselves because there is something about a festival, there's particularly something about Glastonbury when it comes to, to beauty and aesthetic, where when so. you haven't washed for three nights, which I, I hardly do. have to be honest, yeah, some sort of vanity just has to scrape away.
4: Yeah, and it's, you know, festivals are intrinsically a creative space, first of all, so people can be creative with how they look in the way that everyone around them is being creative with music, art, dance, whatever it is so that's a really good thing but also there's a there's a massive degree of acceptance I think in a festival environment anything goes nobody's gonna point and go oh, what she likes they'll either look on admiringly or, or not notice or whatever it's really accepting and so you can go wild and you should you know men and women should have a space to do that I think it's really important
3: so the future of the beauty industry mm. what is it I was trying to research it earlier in the back of my camper van and I was like I, I, I'm, I'm scared
4: I genuinely feel uh, quite positively about it I have to feel positively about it, or else I'll go bananas and yep. like quit my job and take everyone down with me, sort of thing. <laughs> but, genuinely, there are really good things happening, so I'm working on a really big story at the moment about kinder beauty, and the number of beauty brands who've been acquired by the mega brands, like Estee Lauder, L'Oreal, and so on. In the past, that would have turned them completely corporate and, you know, uh, as far as some people are concerned, slightly to the dark side. Um, but what we're seeing now is those mega brands are kind of leaving those brands alone. So lots of those brands are vegan brands, for example. Um, they are resolutely refusing to go into the Chinese market where animal testing is absolutely a requirement of law. And companies like L'Oreal, Neste, Lauder, and LVMH are allowing those brands to do their thing and to remain cruelty free and to remain vegan and so on. And I think that, you know, that that's a product of those companies realizing how important this is to young people now this stuff really really matters to young people and you can't just go well it's all about the bucks in china anymore you have to look at your market and go actually these kids are engaged they're politically engaged we know more than ever that these kids are politically engaged because of what's just happened in the election and so they're being smart about it and they're going we can't we can't put these women into a cookie cutter mold the way we have in the past so i feel pretty good about it i have to say i feel Mm. all right about it
3: that's good and I I think it's nice to think about it as a sort of rounded thing in terms of it It, like to be ethical can mean so many things it's not just to sort of stand in an extreme sense on a soapbox which I am totally all for Uh, I'm an activist in my bones but we can do it in everyday life we can be ethical and we can make decisions like slowly and and carefully in, in our sort of very mainstream commodified world and it would really help if big brands can help us with that because we love The beauty industry, I love the beauty industry.
4: Yeah, I mean it's certainly got its problems but obviously I love it or else I wouldn't remain in it and there is that real sense that the kind of freaks and geeks are being allowed to run free so Kat Von D for example, I don't know if you know Kat Von D is an amazing tattoo artist from California she now has her own beauty brand within LVMH which owns things like Dior and Guerlain and Givenchy and so on and she is keeping it vegan, she's refusing to go into China she is trying to make the whole brand ethical in the next couple of years and I can think of a few examples like that, Hourglass is another one where brands are just kind of going no this is the DNA of my brand and however much investment I need and help with distribution I need I need to stay true to that and it, really it's a nod to the girls who follow those brands who expect certain values
5: you know, another political issue is money, and there, th- there's again some brands that you've been writing about recently, but, um, brands like The Ordinary and stuff, who are doing these really yeah. good products, yeah. but really, really cheaply. Because I mean, so often beauty yeah. is something that like you—if you, you can only afford, you know—and if you've got money, can you afford to be beautiful and have the best things? Mm. So that's a political issue too. Providing stuff at a price point that everybody can afford. And yes. that stuff works as well. Sally gave me some yeah. of it, and I put it on. It's—it's it's incredible. They've got like a AHA skin peel thing. Yeah, it's yeah, like 10% yeah. fruit firm acids. It's just great. I mean, I, I'm actually 57, but like kind of the the, the, <laughs> the fruit peel has brought me down to looking about 42, <laughs> but, like, I haven't had much sleep, and that's that's a good product. Well <laughs> done, babe. <laughs> it's Catherine working. I've
4: been rocking for a couple of years.
3: <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's actually uh, quite on the money, because I was thinking about YouTube being high-profile, but in a certain sense, you know, like, I feel uh, like I wouldn't see you all the time on the fronts of the covers of magazines, but you have a huge following.
4: You know, you know like... What? We're definitely not cover girls, go- although I have been on the cover magazine magazines. You, yeah. you have.
5: But well, And I just had to turn one down last week. Uh, <laughs> yes, uh, yeah,
3: yes. The, the, she dusts her shoulder yeah, up.
5: The, the Pets at Home magazine has learnt that I got a puppy <laughs> and said would Catelyn I've and her puppy like to
4: be on the cover, so, have you? Yeah. I did the Dogs Trust magazine, yeah.
3: <laughs> And I just, I just think that there's a, a, a new type of, I mean, I hate the word influencer, that's such marketing jargon, but you know, like people that can be multifaceted and described as many things. And this is something that I often have to think about myself because uh, like, I was never going to be, as you mentioned, like cookie cutter is something that I used to describe like a presenter. I'm not a presenter, really. I do present, but I also like, I broadcast and I've just tried writing and I like to communicate and I run a production company. and I, and I I, and i and i'm not on the front cover of cosmo or whatever you know and it's a kind of in, i think there's a new time for women and there's a new time for types of women who do lots of things to be to be kind of like Doing them well I
5: mean you know we know all the bad things about the internet in terms of women the kind of trolling rape threats death threats kind of uh, you know sort of men's rights activists getting on you but that that is one of the things that has changed it is still a huge limitless platform to which anybody can contribute and I noticed there's been a rise of like I mean me and Sally have sort of like roughly similar careers it's kind of like you can be a communicator you don't need to be doing like red carpet and kind of like kind of like all oh, my fabulous makeover in a basque things you can be someone who writes and communicates and gets across to an audience and find your audience and communicate in with fact, them in a way whenever
4: we go to, to We see a red carpet, we peg it, don't we? Which (laughs) is Yeah, really inelegantly peg it with coats. We always wear coats
5: obviously always in leopard skin
4: coats. So,
5: yeah. It is.
3: It, this is a real thing as well because I've seen it, and I, and I you know, I, I, I'm like high five to my sisters. Like, I have a lot of love and time for yours, you, Lauren, and are All you know, where you are a, a, a sort of Charlie's angels of just realness. Because when you do go to a big shiny event, it can be terrifying and awful, or it can be really fun if you stick with your crew, if and you, you know, you know what, you know what you want from it. In the sense that, no, it isn't just about that one picture on the red carpet that probably will end up on the Daily Mail the next day. It's about like hanging out, having fun, wearing what you want, catching up, you know?
4: I had a brilliant moment last week where um, Vogue.co.uk did um, a red carpet sum up. Did you see this, Kat? Yes. (laughs) They did did this red carpet sum up and they they said, Sally Hughes at the Royal Academy summer party. And there I was in... um, a, a cropped bolero tuxedo a waistcoat and some slacks and it was victoria pendleton <laughs> and they put my name on it it's like as if i'd wear a tuxedo as if. <laughs> and bless her she looked absolutely beautiful and you know it was flattering in one regard but it got it completely wrong it's completely implausible that i would be standing on the red carpet at the royal academy well
5: the last event we went to i ended up back at Gemma's hotel and uh, I, I mean i don't even remember what happened in the last hour but you were a fabulous host we
3: listened way. to carly ray Jepsen in a glass That's I'd to re- amplify the the sound from the iPhone. That was
5: my that was my one piece of technology. That I knew if, you, if you're playing a song on an iPhone, if you put it in a pint glass, it makes it louder. It kind of amplifies it. Yeah. So I just kept ramming my iPhone and pressing repeat on uh, cut to the feeling. And then, have you still got my
4: jacket?
3: Uh, I gave it to Lauren, (laughs) she's been wearing it in Camden. She's
4: stolen my (laughs) jacket! Alright, keep it friendly girls, keep it friendly.
3: (laughs) Okay, so if we were all to take a tip from what we've discussed, from the anecdotal, which is fun, to the actually progressive, how can we all think more consciously about making the beauty industry a bit of a better place, like what is the one thing that we can do?
4: I think vote with your wallet. I think if you don't believe in the values of a company, uh, don't buy it. That's the only thing they care about. It's the only thing they will notice. Just don't spend the money. Uh, Spend the money where you think people deserve it, for sure. But also, um, I I just think if you even, in terms of your own personal appearance, if you even remotely fancy trying something, I think you should try it. Because, you know, we're definitely all going to die. And I would really, really hate to be on my deathbed and think, oh, I really fancied wearing red, but I was a bit too scared, or whatever it is. If you even remotely fancy expressing yourself physically in a temporary and safe way, I absolutely think you should do it, because, I mean, it's joyful. It's joyful and it's creative, and that's what I would really like girls to do. And be nice to each other about each other's appearance. Like uh, Like, don't take the piss out of how other women look don't engage in the kind of journalism that goes oh what's she wearing just don't don't engage in it and pay your friends compliments tell them they look excellent when they look excellent don't humiliate them don't notice when they've put on weight lost weight just tell them every now and then that you think they look fantastic that's it. I think also
5: really importantly you've got to learn as a woman to take a compliment like this generation are so politically active and so aware of sticking up for other people all the teenage girls I know they're marching for LGBT rights you know they're kind of you know they're, they're campaigning for civil rights and then you you give them a compliment or try and be nice to them, and they will immediately yeah. run themselves down. It's absolutely automatic. To be a girl, you need you know a compliment is like cream or you know or delicious fruit or chocolate. It's nutritious. It is good for you. It will put like a kind of good fat of ego on your bones and protect you. And you whenever you have to train yourself, it's automatically as a woman. If someone says you look great, baby. You go oh no oh I know I look awful. I haven't. So you have to go no. Thank you so
4: much. Thanks. I do look awesome. I mean it's it, it's a kind of perfect storm. Women are really bad at taking compliments, and British people are really bad at. Taking compliments so the intersectionality of British woman just makes us a nightmare accepting compliments but absolutely that accept it then pay it forward pay a compliment to the next person you think deserves one kind of eat it up I always think it's like medicine you might not like the taste at first but it will ultimately heal you
5: I've got two teenage daughters, and I was trying to think sort of what the key thing that I wanted to tell them about sort of starting to wear makeup, and especially in this era of kind of like contouring, that kind of thing of like completely changing the yeah it exactly, the, the shape of your face, and you, you know, and spending hours doing it, and so many girls will get up an hour earlier to
3: sh- change the I always that. admire that I just I can't imagine that I'm such
5: I'm always yeah. just like out of sleep or you know or, or taking like you know quarter of an inch off my chin I will take the sleep I think what the most important thing was like, I could tell them about beauty because you know we both Sally and I both park our yachts in the same uh, field uh, <laughs> when it comes to beauty which, you know it's fabulous you should do it. it's fun yeah. and it was like it's not just about looking sexy and perfect I think you don't even realize that that's what you you have to do I was like looking jolly is amazing yeah. like kind of Kinda. think about yeah like kind of the makeup that I usually do which is a lot of black eyeliner, brightly coloured lids, pale face, um, is to look like a puffin. You know, I'm not, I'm not trying to look like a sexy lady. I'm trying to look like the bird, the puffin with its yeah. black eyes. It's like, yeah, look like a puffin. Yeah. Like, kind of, that's a great thing to want to look like, you know. And just, you know, it gives you a bit more of a variance than looking like a Kardashian. That's
3: awesome. <laughs> I know, because do you find that, like, if you do, you know, with, the, with Instagram being so kind of pertinent in this particular subject matter that people are starting to look the same?
4: Um, I do, I do think that, but I also think it's a real mistake to think that Instagram is the world. Yeah. Um, definitely, if you looked on Instagram, you would think, God, all girls look the same these days. But you only have to walk around here, or Brighton where I live, or London, or Cardiff, or whatever it is, and you see loads of girls looking different, you know, you still, you still see emo girls, got you know, goth girls, punk girls, steampunk girls. You know, there are those girls out there who look different, but Instagram does kind of portray quite a homogenized view of beauty. And it makes me sad. Like, I'll defend to the death your right to contour for 45 minutes if that's what you want. But I don't like an idea of a generation of girls thinking they have to kind of facet their heads like emeralds morning. It's just like, <laughs> I don't think that's particularly healthy. People, not everyone is meant to have a thin nose, high cheekbones, perfectly olive skin. You know, th- not everyone is meant to look like that. And I've always said there's nothing Wrong with beauty, when beauty becomes problematic, is when there's one vision of beauty. That's the key thing, and that's
5: one of the big things in feminism, kind of like it's it's just about nothing that anyone's doing is wrong. There's no there's not a single look that is wrong that you can pick on and go, that's a bad kind of woman, you know, that's that's slutty or that's too glamorous or whatever it is. It's just about increasing the lexicon. It's not about stopping those girls doing something and lecturing them and saying you must change, it's making sure that all the other girls get the same amount of space.
4: Yeah, you know, it can't it can't just be about thin white girls. Girls with high cheekbones and thin noses. It can't be that. I mean, those girls are beautiful. They're beautiful. And I celebrate them same as everybody else. But there cannot be one thing. There cannot be one thing because that will kill us all.
3: One of the things that I like to do as a sort of practical tip on that, talking about sort of tribes and subculture, I know that we are all mixes and blends and we're lovely smoothies these days, which I enjoy a lot, I reference from lots of different things, but sometimes I'll just immerse myself in a geeky manner into the past because it's just so fun sometimes. When you hit like the the nail on the head of a certain subculture and you learn about something so specific or beautiful or cool before the internet, it, it is really, really exciting. So like, you know, punk, punk, women of punk in the 70s, yeah. I found them like late, not later in my life, but you know, but like, I, I didn't follow the punk movement when I was a teenager. It's only in my late 20s that I started to learn about people like polystyrene and, uh, you know, and the slits, yeah, and our, you know, and met Viv Albertine and just like, once you start to scratch the surface, you just like find out about these incredible, fearless, brave, but still feminine, and you know, just. Interesting, intellectual, awesome activist women.
4: But this is what's so great about being a woman. I mean, genuinely, I feel sorry for men. I mean, they've got David Bowie which is quite an amazing thing, but I've also got David Bowie. But on top of that, I, like your dressing up box as a woman, you have all these incredible, incredible looks, past and present. You can just kind of dip in. Like some days I want to do like a bit of a Ronnie Spector and some days I want to look like Marianne Faithful. You know, some days I want to do a bit of a Liz Taylor and all of those things, I, I feel really uh, privileged to have them at my fingertips. I think it's kind of boring to be a man. What are you going to do? Have a beard, not have a beard? That's kind of it. Yeah. men just get wake up,
5: their name's assignment, they put some trousers on. That's that's the end of the invention for that day.
3: Yeah. One of the things that I often say to you, Sally, we've talked about this before, is that I think that there needs to be an encouragement for the movement of men to like, be able to go a little bit more
4: boho. Do you know, a man with a boho to wear eyeliner, I mean, I dig it. Like. Yeah. I'm, I'm I mean, it's kind of sexy.
3: I remember interviewing Zandra Rhodes, a fashion designer. She's got bright pink hair. If you haven't ever Google share do it right now if you're listening. And, uh, and uh, yeah, she's just brilliant, again, from the 70s. And she does really brilliant prints. And she was like, oh, I remember my boyfriend in 1975. I came home one afternoon and he, he was in my platforms, literally, like, practising in them. And I just thought it was the hottest thing ever. And he just wanted to make sure he had the walk, you know, when he was out on a night out. Fair
4: enough. Fair enough.
5: Well, well, if you look through history, it used to be men that were the dandies. Like it was men, the first heels that were worn were worn by men. Men would wear makeup and wigs, you know, kind of their clothes were kind of very flamboyant, whereas women sort of dressed more. So, I mean, no, it's just a cyclical fashion thing. Um, yeah, I mean one of the interesting sort of things about feminism is I was talking to Tim Minchin, the yeah. bass musician who wrote Matilda. We were having a big cover. He loved. It. He's a massive feminist, and we sort of we, we got on the red wines, and he was going. The thing I love about feminism is it me- is what it will mean to men, because if women are turning into something else, women have all these other, you know, women can do so much more than we did before. We're turning into something else. We're progressing. We've got all these new options. He's like, for me, the key, the the the, 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 the next thing that you think is like, well, what can men now turn into? Now that all these things are freeing up, if 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 women are turning into something else, this allows men to turn. Into something else as well. We can all keep evolving together. It doesn't just mean that women are going to take over and men stay as they are. This is an amazing opportunity for men to change. And there are so many, the thing about equality is that it's it's about equality. Yeah. You know, every time, you know, you, you know, every feminist is saving a man as well as a woman, the problems that men have that are gender based about not being able to talk about their feelings and emotions, the suicide rate being through the roof, they don't automatically get custody of their kids, those are problems of gender in the same way that for women, the problems of gender are rape and sexual harassment and not being paid equally. That's so, it, you know, it's, it's all equality is. About all of us. It's Absolutely. Women, women are at the moment are doing most of the work talking about gender, which seems is another thing we've got on our to-do list. Thanks. Yeah.
4: <laughs> so one day they can fight for their power for lipstick, and I support them. <laughs>
3: <laughs> I'm gonna. I don't want to like put you on the, on the spot, but uh, as a as a boy sitting here, I mean obviously it's predominantly female who come up to the top deck. Like, what does that make you think? Does it make you feel excited or? Yeah, I
5: think, it's, I think it's really exciting. It's an exciting time for, you know, human race rather than, uh, obviously, movements and feminism are, are amazing at the minute. I mean, I was reading this morning about gender fluidity in the fashion industry and how, how that's becoming a big thing. And uh, actually, question for Sally, do you see the beauty industry maybe marketing more towards gender fluidity in the near future or do you think we're still quite far away from that?
4: Yeah, yeah, no, we are we are seeing that. So obviously, Mac uh, signed Caitlyn Jenner, which I actually can't stand Caitlyn Jenner, and I'm prepared to say that actually, <laughs> like. But nonetheless, as a move, that was uh, that was an incredibly powerful one. Ela Masca have done lots with transgender people and also separately drag queens and so on and and i do think you know my my kids don't have the same view of gender as we did when we were kids you know i'm in my 40s i do think it's a much more elastic kind of fluid thing now and that's quite exciting I think especially if it allows kids who in my day would have been very other, bullied, sad, isolated, to feel just part of the human race is is, is a really good thing and I definitely, definitely think beauty is reflecting that. We're seeing models as well, we're seeing transgender models coming through. Um, our friend Catelyn I know uh, this woman called Juno Dawson, she's doing loads and loads and loads of stuff uh, with young people that I think is really, really interesting. She did write as a man now, she's a uh, Transition to a woman, and um, she does she does amazing stuff, and she's done some beauty industry stuff as well, and some consultancy. So yeah, there's a lot going on.
3: Yeah, I think it's only going to become more and more fluid, and I, and in a much more chill way. I think, in a le- I feel like we've gone through some rage over the past few years, and then now it's a bit, maybe, I hope, I hope, it's turning a bit more into love, like.
4: But also rage is powerful, you know, rage spurs you on, it's fine to be angry, as long as you're also looking for answers as you're moaning, you know, I think think it's fine to be really angry, because that's what propels you, isn't it, that's what propels change.
3: Any other questions? Any thoughts? Any responses? Are you going to be thinking differently about beauty? I am, I am.
4: I like your mermaid leggings very much. (laughs) And also your iridescent glitter. I'm into it. It's
5: like you've got scales underneath your eyes, like beautiful purple mermaid fish scales under your eyes and also on your legs. It's a very strong look. It's very strong mermaid.
4: (laughs) Doesn't really work for audio, sorry.
3: It's been described beautifully. It is like looking at a shimmering sea. It really is. You look wonderful. It's very team open. And of
5: course it's a fishtail plait that you have as well. So
3: you've literally themed the hair, fishtail plait. It's just fish all over. It's interesting like what Catelyn was saying about becoming a puffin. And it's true Like I feel really lucky to have traveled a lot in my life. And like going to Africa or Costa Rica or, or just far flung places, I start to sort of feel like I need to look like nature rather than like Rihanna. Um, <laughs> I mean, sometimes I try both. But <laughs> what sort of inspires you when you're sort of playing and dressing up and getting ready? I think, as I've got a little bit older, it was was about finding I don't have to do what they want to do. I I want to do it. And your book actually made quite a big difference. I read it last year and I was sort of coming and bumbling along to these conclusions about what She pointed at Catelyn, by the way. There's a lot of books that have been written amongst...
4: Sorry. (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) the
3: three, it? Yeah, sorry. (laughs) Pointing on the radio. (laughs) You're coming along to these conclusions yourself where I think, actually, if I want to wear that, then maybe I'll just wear that. And then I read your book and I was like, see? I, I knew it, I, I was I, so yeah, I think if I want to put glitter on my face, I'm going to put glitter on my face and if I want to wear shoulder pads, then I'm going to wear shoulder pads. I mean, always wear shoulder pads. Also, I don't really like being cold, so it's about being glittery and coloury and not cold and they're my yeah. two favourite things, yeah. That
5: is a political thing, to be comfortable, you know, kind of like I always say to my girls, they, they used to be really angry when I said they come down in an outfit and they go, mum, what do you think? And I said, you look jolly and comfortable <laughs> and at the beginning they hated those two words, but to be, look like a jolly person who looks like they're having fun is delighted by their life and the people they meet and is going to bring delight to other people and to look comfortable you know to be able to run to be able to dance you know to be able to sit down without worrying about flashing your pants like kind of these are important things like your life is so limited if you're having to stand in a certain position and being comfortable for a woman is a political act
3: I mean I, was, I always used to say when people asked me about my style when I first started my career by that point I'd like had the weirdest wardrobe I mean I, always, I still do but it was partly because I was poor and a drama student who would just go to the charity shop in Loughton on the end of the century Line in Essex, there was nothing else to do on a Saturday, and buy the weirdest like ski jacket because it was something to do. And then sometimes I'd get egged on the street by like like sort of a more stereotypical Essex uh, Fiesta-driving man. But you know, after a while, and without thinking about it too much in a political sense, I just was like, I like. Making people laugh when I yeah. when I put outfits on, and I like challenging people when they look at me. You know, thinking that they can sort of work out who I am when you can really mess with that. Like that became part of my fun, yeah, really. Thank you very
4: much. Egg yolk is very much my <laughs> vibe. Like. it's a very beautiful <laughs> colour on me.
3: It is so weird as well, like how far it's gone with like just trying to diss people for the way that they dress. So I um, I hosted the BBC Music Awards last year with. Bern Cotton and Claudia Winkleman, who are obviously very well known, kind of stalwarts, their household names, everybody loves them, they're awesome. Uh, And then I'm like always meant to be the wild card, even though I've been a broadcaster for eight years. And um, I wore, first of all I had to bring two outfits and do a camera test, like as instructed, just to check in. And uh, I wore a velvet suit, which was like, had a sort of smoking jacket tie around the middle. And I had a really lovely evening and I like went to bed on a high. I was like, I think I've done an okay job. Job. I interviewed Robbie Williams, asked him about his chest hair. It's been cool. I did what I needed to do. And I was happy with my outfit. And then I saw a tweet before I went to sleep and like someone from the Daily Mirror had put me in like the failed list. And, um, and then I was like, OK, fine. I've been in the failed list before. Like That's all right. Uh, and then I just was like, I wonder what the comment is. And it was basically like, Gemma gets it wrong in a smoking jacket. It's like you're not even dissing me, like it's so unsophisticated. Like you haven't even come up with a creative way of saying why I've got it wrong. You're simply stating what I'm wearing. This is lame, like.
4: Also, I'm not really looking to the Daily Mirror for fashion expertise. <laughs> it's like I'm I'm not really picking up my uh, style tips from the mirror, you know? I
5: mean, that was what I loved about when Sarah Millican went to the Baftas yeah. 2 years ago and she wore a lovely floral dress and yeah. she and like she got slagged off She's everywhere lovely. for it. And she wrote a really beautiful piece, just kind of going, "I really liked the dress. I don't understand why everyone slagged me off." And then the next year, she wore the dress again as a political statement, just like, "I like this dress." And apparently, at one point, she was like, kind of talking to like everybody else she knew, who was going there, and saying, "Why didn't you all get the dress as well? If we all do the red carpet in this dress, they've said, up that would be awesome.'"
3: It's so weird how it indoctrinates us like slowly, because like my ex-boyfriend's mum was like, "Oh, Gemma, we saw you on the telly." She's like. Uh, Your outfit wasn't very flattering, was it? But it was like it was like the newspaper talk. Like it wasn't even her. She was kind of sort of being nice. But it's just like how this becomes your patter, you know? Like. Even though the newspaper didn't even say that, it was alluding to that. It's just...
5: That's why, oddly, one of the most feminist things I've ever seen was uh, in the first series of Miranda Hart's sitcom Miranda. And there's that scene where she, there's a kind of Trini and Susanna-like makeover, and uh, you know where, you, where they would run up to people and go kind of like, you know, you look terrible. We're we'll going to give you makeover. So she ran up to someone in the street who was wearing a, you know, sort of like a pair of jogging bottoms. So went, what do you think of your outfit? And the woman went, I like it. And Miranda went, and are you comfortable? And the woman said yes. And she said, well, that's great. Just carry on. And it was just like, you know, that was a that's a mainstream sitcom that's going out to like, you know. Ten million viewers you know for my 10 year old daughter watching that she took that as a big political <laughs> yeah. slogan just kind of are
3: you comfortable do you like it
5: carry on because that's all there is to say about it that there is no other discourse like that's it <laughs>
3: it's so much more simple than we expect isn't it yeah. oh my goodness I was in the naked sauna earlier and I didn't get naked there is a really secret area of Glastonbury called the Lost <laughs> Horizons and it's actually not in the programs. It's not far from here, it's near Stone Circle. My friends have got a gig in there. I managed to blag them a gig in there through mutual mates on Facebook. Warm
4: naked? Well,
3: no, they're wearing clothes because there's like a sort of outdoor area where you can sit naked around a fire or you can wear clothes and you can have lunch. It's lush, actually. But it was really interesting when we went in because we were all quite liberal, but we were like, oh, this is different, you know? And it was a mixture. It wasn't all, you know, it was just like very relaxed. And then you just sort of, after about, two minutes like everything is just completely normal yeah
4: yeah i think that's true as time goes on although i did once go to a very posh uh, hippie commune in um, california called esalen It's quite a famous place and um i went there with my former editor at the face and his wife and my ex-husband and i got there and realized everyone was naked and it's like my editor doesn't need to see me naked i definitely don't need to see him naked and i was a bit pregnant it's like oh so, 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 Recently, that day you got pregnant. Like <laughs> I just looked around and became pregnant. That so I was the person in the swimsuit, and I was like, "Oh, this is so awkward. Everybody's got no clothes on." And then um, Maggie Gyllenhaal walked in in no clothes, li- uh, like everything hanging out. Wow. And it's like, "Okay, I'm now definitely not taking my clothes off because I'm standing next to naked Maggie Gyllenhaal. I'm not going to come out of this well. I'm just, just going to be hot over here in the shade." We've um, mm-hmm.
5: our bath. I just keep not getting around to getting blinds for it, and uh, there's a window right next yeah, to the I toilet. I know. Whenever Sally's come over to stay, she's like, "I won't be using your bathroom, so you can." So there's huge windows. So if you're in the shower, if you're on the toilet, everybody across the street can see you. And I, I just don't care. I will walk around in the knack forever. Yeah. It just absolutely yeah. doesn't bother me at all. Yeah. But I have had several neighbours come and comment to me just, <laughs> just after, just kind of like, "It's a fine view from the back window." But I'm just kind of like, I just think it's like putting on a show. Well, that's the
3: whole. The, the whole thing is what happened to me just in the Lost Horizons area because it was just so relaxed so non-sexual and they say you know it's an area where there's a cafe there's a sauna wigwam there's a stage um you can sit by a fire you can relax you can sleep there's a trampoline there's everything Uh, but it's like it's it's you don't have to be naked it's non-sexual and it's and you and you decide it and i was in my mosquito swimsuit like i don't know this is quite the right tone but it just as soon as everybody just relaxes, like bodies aren't even that sexual. Tramp-
5: trampoline, though, of all the things I'd want to do with no bra on, trampoline, <laughs> I would have blinded myself within a second. Like, kind of, these babies would whack up, hit me in the eye. I'd be walking around with two black eyes. That's There's too much dangling going on for trampoline. <laughs> like, kind of.
4: Yeah, no, it's not sexual. I don't care in a sexual context anyway. Like, I'm, I've never been somebody who's thought, oh, what, how big does my bum look if I'm having sex or whatever? Because I think by then, he's winning. Do you know what I mean? Like, I, I can't see any man going, I'm leaving, you've got <laughs> cellulite. <laughs> was, There's it. no way any man <laughs> in the world is gonna go, hang on, you've got a dimple in your ass, I'm, I'm out. I love that quote from Claudia Winkerman. She was saying, uh, what uh,
5: what um, attitude do you like most in a man? And she went, gratitude. And I kind of <laughs> yeah, like, yeah, that's true. just, yeah, she was just like, I just like, man who's sexually grateful.
4: That's that's saying I think, It's not men who do this. I have never gone out with a man who's picked holes in my body in that way. It's women do it to each other because we're made to feel this way, but I mean, by the time you're naked, a man has already (laughs) decided he fancies you, do you know what I mean, it's fine.
3: Um, Anyone else got any questions? Because I feel like that is a lovely way to wrap it up, if not. That's amazing. And, and it's just so like nice, like random music in the background, someone just like singing. Like who knows what's gonna happen with the sky next, it looks like it might tip it down. Luckily we've got some bits undercover. Um, yeah, thank you so much, Catelyn and Sally. What a lovely impromptu. Actually, I enjoyed
5: being the bog off and I'm now just gonna take all my clothes off. That's, that's what I've learned from today. I'm gonna put on red lipstick and take my clothes off.
3: How can we like, Change this idea of a hierarchy that some one singular person is an expert or one person has all the answers or one person is better than the other. How can we make it so we are all engaging in it? in a conversation.
4: Um, I, I just, I, I, I'm obsessed. I know Catlin will say the same thing. I'm just obsessed with female friendships. I'm just, they are so important to me. They're probably the most important thing to me because they, they keep me sane. They put my head the right way around again. And we meet up regularly uh, with Lauren Laverne and when we get together, when I come home, my mental health is substantially better, isn't it? Because we just kind of reset the dials on each other. And I think that's it, draw on the expertise and the wisdom of your girlfriends and support each other. You learn far more as a collective than you do as an individual. And the key for getting your voice heard,
5: it's one thing I've noticed, sort of like particularly in feminism, but across all campaigning is your tone really matters. Yeah. It's, you will be angry if you feel threatened. If you are a minority and you feel like you're not being represented, you will have an anger reaction because you're scared. But don't let that tone creep into to your conversation when you're, you know, when you're talking or writing or broadcasting, because people just pick up on the tone of your voice, and they will come back at you with anger. And the best way to attract someone to your cause, and you know, to get more people on your gang and think the way that you are, is to just make it look like you're having the most fun. You know, that's what the beautiful thing about, you know, a life well lived will attract people and go. I would like to live like that. I agree with what you're saying. Just kind of, and that what a lovely thing to know that the most important thing you can do is to just have a fantastic life, to enjoy yourself, to radiate joy. Walking to a room and go, I'm going to make this room slightly better. That's why
3: I'm here with Dandelion. That's yeah. that's exactly
5: that why. Exactly
4: what you do. That's why I wanted to come. And that's why the Boom sunglasses are my <laughs> are my friend in plastic. We've got to have a
3: picture. Will someone take a picture <laughs> well, of this moment? <laughs> <see it ever. laughs> You know what, yeah. you, know, you do understand that I'm taking that. I know, I know, but usually, I know you are. Yeah, you literally have to have, yeah, usually, you have to pretend that I, I don't know. Yeah, usually my agent would negotiate a fee now, kind of retrospectively for me yeah. having turned up. But it's simply these sunglasses and we'll say, no, what, well, we'll draw well, a line. We'll manufacture them the sake of it, though, yeah. in conversation. <laughs> Thank you so much. I've got two lasting things. Uh, one of them is talking about looking around you is really important because I learned that. Uh, I learned it because I love my friends too. I'm obsessed with them. They are my family. Everyone here Everything. is are my best, best friends here. Um, uh, but uh, I, I was in Ethiopia and we had an amazing translator, and I got to go to rural villages where they were being kind of flipped on their head and, like, for the better, where people uh, didn't have much money, but because women were becoming empowered to become part of, like, a proper sort of work business system and be beekeepers, Mm -hmm. so they were becoming sort of heads of trade and, like, Mm -hmm. therefore heads of their family so they could be at home in these tiny little, like, amazing, beautiful, like, way better than any, like, hashtag interior lifestyle, like, uh, get up, you know, and amazing, very kind of simplistic natural lives except for not necessarily simplistic, because they were beekeepers, they were making honey, they were trading all around the world, they could be breastfeeding, making honey and selling it, and they were just absolutely awesome. And I kept asking them, like, who are your idols? Who do you look up to? (laughs) Expecting someone to just give me that, like, ridiculous Radio 1 answer. I mean, it wasn't for Radio 1, but I think in my brain, I wanted someone to say Beyonce, you know, and actually... Yeah, and, I, and nobody would go that way. Like, we were all just like women. And the thing is, is that the most important thing to them was people around them. They would always mention like, oh, Blah blah in the village down the road, which might be from a completely different religion or a different tribe or, or you know a different crew of people. She like makes the best honey, or she started to trade to more places, and you know like she's started uh, you know a, like a place where they can all get together as a community. You know like just the people that are their biggest inspirations were totally around them, and I just thought that's the way that we should always look and not get a bit too western about how we're looking up and we're choosing idols and getting like shaky and scary about like how we can be that person like they're all like the p- the best people are most likely to be around us like i hope anyway you
4: should definitely you should definitely draw the good people around you yeah. and not feel threatened by them just think we'll all rub off yeah. on each other and, and raise the game definitely
5: and yeah. and the hierarchy looks sideways not up yeah it's a really key thing
3: and on that note i do have to thank you catelyn on behalf of like a lot of of girls and women and people actually yeah you open the gateway oh, yeah. In yeah. The yeah in the boom glasses on top of dandelion which probably wouldn't be here if it wasn't for you to be fair i'd be getting a makeup tent going ah, getting rinsed on twitter <laughs> thank you remember to rate and review us and to subscribe to open up share the love tell your mates about it too
0: Hold up.